BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The NASCAR race, this is not out of line with how we uh, have treated other large scale events. Again, if they grow, if they continue, uh, if this uh, continues into the future, and that's a big if, because obviously this is something that we have to work uh, with other partners on. Um, the, the agreement is intended to grow as the event grows. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is Rosa Escareño, General Superintendent of the Chicago Park District. Rosa, thanks for joining us. This is your fun time of year. Oh, God. That's one way to describe it. It's very, very fun and very, very busy. It's only been a few days since the Park District played host and Chicago played host to the NASCAR street race, which is supposed to be the first of three or even five if the city chooses to renew its contract with NASCAR. How do you think the rain-drenched event went? Was it worth the inconvenience? Should we try it again next year? Well, Fran, uh, the only thing I can say is that according to um, reports, uh, the NASCAR race uh, was one of the most watched uh, events for NASCAR in recent years. So I think from that perspective, it seems like it was uh, uh, successful. Um, certainly the rain uh, impacted everything across the city, but it was just great to see the rates uh, be able to, to take off and, and to have uh, declare a winner at the end of uh, Sunday evening. Did you go to any of these events? I was there on Saturday um, and was able to, you know, uh, walk the grounds, take a look uh, at how uh, this uh, structures uh, were placed throughout the park and how the park was laid out. I think it's it's the first time ever that uh, the city of Chicago does uh, anything like this. So it was important for me to be on the ground to, uh, taking a look at things. And what kind of damage did you see to the park? Uh, no, I did not see any damage whatsoever. Certainly the rain, I wasn't there on Sunday. Um, and so I think that the rain certainly had its impact, not just on parks, but across the entire city. Uh, but in terms of damage, that is not something that I have uh, any insight on at this time. Well, we don't control Mother Nature, as we all know. Both races were delayed and shortened. The fans got drenched. Most of the major concerts were rained out. The city only got 500000 in revenue, which is a fraction of what it gets for Lollapalooza. The city will be guaranteed 605000 
by 2025. There's an additional $2 per ticket sale and 15% of food and beverage concessions and merchandise sold at the event. Shouldn't this contract be renegotiated to be more generous to the park district? You know, uh, Fran, uh, this agreement was uh, consistently negotiated with all large-scale events uh, that are their first year, right? And so the approach that we took in um, in this particular agreement is consistent with how we've treated others like Lala when it first started. Uh, so the approach was the same, a base fee uh, for the use of the park within a commission and a per ticket um, uh, fee. So this is not out of the norm of how we treat these first time events. Of course, as these events grow, um, the idea here is that as they do better, we do better. Um, and so, you know, this is not out of line with how we uh, have treated other large scale events. Again, if they grow, if they continue, uh, if this uh, continues into the future, and that's a big if, because obviously this is something that we have to work uh, with other partners on. Um, the, the agreement is intended to grow as the event grows. The contract required NASCAR to pay a $50,000 security deposit for potential damages. And then the city and NASCAR agree on restoration costs after a walkthrough to assess any damage to the park grounds. Has that happened yet? And if not, when it'll happen? That is in process right now. And uh, our teams are working together to get that scheduled. But certainly that walkthrough is always, it's not just for NASCAR, as a matter of fact, it's for every single event, large uh, or, or small. And so our goal is to make sure that when our team walks the, the perimeters uh, with their team, that we will assess any um, any damages and, uh, and that those will be discussed and addressed accordingly. Yeah, it's got to be done long before Lollapalooza. Otherwise, Lollapalooza will claim that they already started within a damaged park and the lines of responsibility between the two events are going to be blurred. Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's not going to be much uh, too much longer because, uh, as you said, it's got to be done soon. Uh, we're in process of those conversations and planning, so that is going to happen much in advance of the Lala event, which is uh, coming up. Riotfest pays, I believe, $750,000 for an event that pales by comparison to this kind of magnitude and inconvenience. Do you still stand by the $500,000 fee considering the inconvenience that the public needed to endure here? Again, I think that the, the permit uh, fee is a one approach. And I guess when you talk about RIAFest, that is uh, only a permit fee. We don't have the additional commission uh, on concessions and merchandise. And we also do not add the uh, additional uh, $2 per admission ticket fee. Um, what that means for us is that agreements such as NASCAR are going to be greater than the base fee once uh, we learn all the details of their attendance and concession sales. Obviously, the rain had an impact here, but usually the, the park district does very well in, in this regard. It, so we can't compare that to Riot Fest, where Riot Fest is just a base fee. 
Now, former Mayor Lori Lightfoot brought NASCAR to Chicago. Was this a deal like the 15-year extension for Lollapalooza that she ordered you as Park District Superintendent to get done before the election? No, you know, uh, uh, for the Park District, we we are only um, entering into agreement for the use of the park. Um, obviously, there is a, a street race that takes place on city property. Um, and so we at, at the Park District are just one of, uh, uh, you know, we're one agency of several that are working on these uh, types of uh, agreements and commitments. So choose Chicago and the city of Chicago slash the mayor um, certainly secured the deal, but in order to be able to use the park grounds, we have to make sure we're entering into an agreement to that really only covers the park. Um, you know, how that arrangement and agreement and conversations happened, I will leave that to choose Chicago and the city to respond. But from the park district perspective, it's important for us to be partners in this. These types of large scale events are real uh, economic drivers uh, for the city. They bring in tourism. Um, and so it's not just about the parks and in any conversations going forward, we are an equal partner in those conversations so that an event can be successful with everyone working together. And, and that's how I see my role, working together with the mayor, working together with Chicago to make sure that any events that are going to benefit the city, um, that we are being um, an important partner in that. So your bottom line is what? Do you think that uh, Mayor Johnson should renew this? Or walk away. I think the mayor's been clear on his position of, of wanting to evaluate this and look look at how this uh, uh, plays out. I think an important part of what he said, which we are totally committed to, is community engagement. Um, as as you are aware, Fran, uh, NASCAR uh, had to do an, a, a lot of community engagement, and we were great partners with them in making sure that that got done. And they did a really great job in that community engagement. As we go forward, though, the mayor has been clear on wanting to look at the situation, wanting to evaluate the event, and then making sure that there is community engagement. And we want to make sure we are supportive of that, of, of his goal and his um, uh, vision into the future. I've heard that you created an ethics officer position with reforms that address the use of complimentary tickets. Who else attended NASCAR? These were very costly tickets. Did anybody violate this new policy? No, I think we have, uh, through our uh, enhanced ethics uh, office and uh, uh, ethics approach at the park districts, want to make sure that we are, um, are, you know, responsible stewards of taxpayer, uh, everything we do on behalf of taxpayers. And so it's important for us to make sure that the value that we are uh, adhering to the restrictions of the value of tickets. And so anyone who attended uh, from the parks had a very specific role. Being a first time event, I think there was less than five people that may have attended from the park district. Our role was to really determine uh, how the event went. It's important for us to be on the ground. We're important stakeholders in that. So we have a very specific role. In, in attending this event and it's I would say it's almost like a worker uh, type uh, attendance if you will. So what about aldermen did they get complimentary tickets do you know? 
Again, from the park district, we only had, I think, less than five uh, individuals that were there to uh, view and uh, and really learn about how this uh, event uh, was working. Um, no one outside of that that we know of outside of the parks um, attended, at least not from, from, from the park's perspective. Members of the City Council's Black Caucus are demanding a meeting with you to talk about pool closures in Black neighborhoods. What is the reason for those closures one year after the lifeguard shortage that you claim to have solved? How widespread is the problem and when will it be resolved? Yes, you know, I again, I think we, I am extremely proud, Fran, that we heard the community's concerns last year about not having all the pools open. Our goal was to open all the pools. We have a total of 650 um, uh, total lifeguards, including our year-round and seasonals that are uh, able, we are able to, to um, support beaches and pools, um, you know, five days a week uh, at the pools specifically. And yes, there has been some concerns about um, some pools where we had either had no shows or where there are some concerns um, that have been raised about um, whether there is um uh, some safety concerns. I think for us, we know that historically these are literally a handful of pools where we have uh, had uh, some shortages based on um, just young people not showing up. And so what we we have to be responsible and we have a minimum manning for every pool for safety purposes. And what we have done in those particular um pools that have been flagged for us is to make sure that we have a a security plan which we which established and b making sure that we have our year-round uh, staff that is also manning these pools because they're much more experienced lifeguards and staff and then number three is that we are also making sure that the district um, leadership uh, not just aquatics and pool staff but that our leadership is actually also making their rounds at these pools and that is how we plan plan to make sure that these pools have adequate coverage and that if we have no shows at these pools that we can quickly uh, try to bring in staff to to support those areas from other pools or other so pools. how many pools have been closed and how for how long and and where are those pools and so when you can touch it yeah so no there have been no pools that have been permanently closed there have been pools that have not opened sporadically because of shortages and that and I don't have the full number but there's probably about four of them and where are they they're on the west side and I don't have that information in front of me they're primarily on the west side and we're working closely with those aldermen to ensure that those pools again have the right coverage the right safety plan to make sure that we address the shortages so it's not that they're permanently closed it's that they have experience more closures because of the shortage of staff at those particular pools. And why the west side? Why the west side? That's where the mayor lives. That's where well, the need is. Again, I think some of our young people have indicated that um, safety is a concern, and this is why we're ramping up our safety. Uh, we uh, have an entire safety plan around uh, staffing these pools. Uh, so we'll have extra security and then we'll have year-round lifeguards that will support these pools to make sure that the when we identify young people not showing up that we can quickly try to bring in additional staff from other pools to have the adequate manning to safely open the pool.
Have you met with aldermen, the black aldermen on the west side? Have you told them when this is going to be remedied? Yes, our team has met with uh, with. Have us. you or just or just people on your staff? Well, people on my staff. Uh, Why I, not you? Why I, not you? Well, I actually was on uh, on the phone. I did call and have emails with some of these aldermen. The reason I was out of town during the time of that meeting, but uh, my I'm always available to them and certainly available to have ongoing conversations with them. And when will it be fixed? All of this. It's already in planning to be done this week. So you think all these pools are going to open this week? Well, again, the pools have not been closed. The pools have been sporadically been closed because of, of uh, the manning. And so our goal is to make sure that we have adequate uh, staffing to safely open the pools. We have to make sure we have adequate manning for the size of the pools. So even if we have two lifeguards where three lifeguards are needed, we can't open the pool. If it's a pool that requires five lifeguards, but only four lifeguards show up, we can't open the pool because of the safety requirements associated with manning uh, the pool. So again, it's not that they have been shuttered. It's not that they have been closed. Is that when we have staff that does not show up, uh, we cannot open the pool for safety purposes. We have a plan in place. We plan to have that in place as of this week. Um, and my understanding is that it's in place now. And why only five days a week? Doesn't a pool need to be open in the summer seven days a week? I mean, the weekends are important. You know, Fran, I think that the pandemic uh, really had not just an impact on uh, lifeguards, but it's had an impact really in all of workforce across other industries. But uh, what is important uh, for us is that um, 650 allows us to open all the beaches and pools for five days. If we had greater number, we would be able to open more days. Again, we have spent countless resources since the beginning of this year to try to uh, get lifeguards to uh, sign up with the Chicago Park District. I, th I think we've done a really great job in incentivizing and encouraging lifeguards to uh, work uh, for the Park District. Our goal, though, is to build a pipeline that was lost for two years. Uh, and so our job now is not just, as you were talking about some of those pool closures, one of the important things about um, that needs to happen is that we need to build the pipeline of lifeguards in those communities. Lifeguards like to work in their communities. And I will tell you, I'm actually very proud that in the last couple of years, we've had more lifeguards come from the south and the west side uh, into the park district and into employment uh, with parks than ever before. The issue is that we don't have enough. So we are going to dedicate uh, and design a program to actually uh, increase training and building of the life uh, lifeguard pipelines in the because we need kids from those neighborhoods to actually man their pools when we take kids uh, out of their neighborhoods to go into other pools it's when we have kids that do not want to show up so in order to fill uh, the pools on the west side or the pools on the south side uh, it's important for us to have 
uh, kids that uh, become lifeguards from those neighborhoods. And so we are starting this fall going to start a program um, working with uh, the schools to make sure that we're actually building that pipeline and building kids from the neighborhood to be future lifeguards. And look, working for the Park District is a great career. And so, um, you know, we just talked a little bit about why are these pools closed. I think importantly for us is getting kids involved in park programming, getting them to be our future lifeguards is really the long-term solution. The issue with these pools is not an issue of right now. This has been actually an issue in past years. Uh, I uh, want to take the lead on building a program that actually builds uh, jobs and that builds these young people to have uh, great jobs at the Park District, and that would be the goal. During the June meeting, the Park Board approved the appointment of new General Counsel Nick Cummings, who is an attorney working for the City of Evanston. He was placed on administrative leave during that time when Evanston was suffering through its own lifeguard abuse scandal, strangely similar to what happened at the Park District in Chicago, forcing the ouster of your predecessor, Mike Kelly. What kind of vetting did you do before hiring Nick Cummings, and what happens to him now? Is his appointment on hold? Did you know about that scandal in Evanston? Did you ask him whether he played a role in it or whether he was tangentially involved? It's not a good look considering what happened here. Well, let's be very clear, Fran. Nick Cummings had nothing to do with the, the scandal in uh, Evanston. Uh, let's be very clear about that. And also, of course, we have done a vetting of uh, this candidate. We uh, we know uh, about, uh, we've certainly vetted him and we know that he is going to be a strong candidate for, for the Park District. You know, Fran, that I am not uh, I I am not going to stand for anything that is um, concerning to the Park District. If anything, as you know, I've been very very uh, clear about my position about anyone that is going to be in the Park District. You coming was that is the main is qualified and has the right. Uh, demeanor and uh, status to be at the Park District, and we are uh, going to welcome him uh, in the near future. So, did you know about the Evanston scandal before this uh, hiring? Yes, we did. And again, let me just make it clear that he has nothing to do with the scandal at uh, the Evanston, um, the Evanston scandal that you are alluding to. I mean, but, but he was in a supervisory role there, right? Right, and he and he just didn't know about it when it was happening right under beneath him. And no, again, I we're talking about the the scandal that uh, broke in Evanston. He was an attorney at that time, and then I think uh, uh, in the recent time he was uh, promoted into other roles. So again, uh, he was an employee of the park district, uh, but he was an attorney and he was certainly not part of the scandal. Okay, FDIU is complaining about staffing shortages at the park district under your leadership while several highly paid 
management positions have been filled. Mike Merchant, the former city buildings commissioner, is chief of strategy. Pam Whitmer as director of policy. Jim Harney, another seasoned veteran at City Hall, is over at the Park District now. The union claims that you are prioritizing management positions over putting resources at the park level where the union believes they belong. Could you have done without these management people? Uh, why do you need to hire those those kinds of positions as opposed to at the park level? Well, well, first of all, uh, I think uh, the administrative office is is uh, probably the we these are positions that are part of the administration. We had several vacancies. Um, I've been there a year that I have recently just started to hire. Um, and so these were not new positions. These are positions that are, were vacant. And so these positions existed um, under my predecessor. And so uh, in order to run uh, the third largest park district in the country, we need some administrative staff. Let me just say that nearly 90 or more than actually more than 98% of our staff is covered uh, and represented. So we have a very small staff uh, at the administrative level. So yes, we do need administrative level staff to run the third largest park district in the country. Um, we are in, we the SEIU contract uh, expired on June 30th. We have just initiated discussions with SEIU, and I look forward to those uh, negotiated dis uh, discussions to negotiate uh, the agreement. And so those will be part of that conversation, but I am not going to, uh, you know, back away from hiring staff that is needed at the administrative level um, uh, to run the park district. Um, in our budget, these are not new positions. These are positions that have existed before, and these are positions that were vacant. And yes, I believe that I um, I should be hiring positions. It's the responsible thing to do to run uh, a very large park district. But what about the claim that you're prioritizing this kind of stuff over resources at the park level? That is not at all true. We've been hiring all year long. Uh, again, there has been our HR uh, department uh, has been posting jobs every single day. I have been, we have been on social media. I have been out there telling people, come work for the park district. We have vacancies. We have positions open. There is nothing more important for us than to hire across the entire district. Uh, I We just uh, got done talking about how many resources we put into uh, hiring uh, the lifeguards, and even then, uh, it was it was a real struggle to to completely get uh, all the positions. We don't have all the positions that we need for the seasonal jobs, and I will tell you, it's not for lack of trying. It's that we are dealing with a very unique uh, post-pandemic workforce, and we're doing everything possible to make sure that we are hiring. As a matter of fact, we have also revamped our workforce uh, division, which is charged with training and making sure that we are enhancing opportunities for our staff internally, which did not exist before. Um, I, in this past budget plan, 
um, implemented a parental leave policy to make sure that we're properly supporting our staff, which was never done before. Um, also, we have added an additional holiday to make sure that we are uh, honoring um, our staff with, with the holidays that they deserve. And so I have done a lot, but I uh, also believe that there are things that we must work through uh, as part of the uh, labor negotiation process. And that is a process that literally just started. So I look forward to continuing that conversation. What is your relationship with Mayor Brandon Johnson? You're making the transition to a new mayor. You were lured out of retirement during the lifeguard scandal here when uh, Lightfoot finally pulled the plug on Mike Kelly's long ten tenure. You've grown to like the job. What's your relationship with him? And have you been told you're going to stay? You know, I think uh, my relationship with the mayor is a good one. Uh, you know, I think we share um, his passion and desire to continue to support and uplift young people and to give young people opportunities so they can uh, reach their greatest potential is really in line with everything we do at the Park District. So I'm very excited about the opportunity to work with this administration. Uh, and we are working on ways to support young people. So this is something that is uh, a, a work in progress and we continue to work together uh, through his transition. I'm excited of all the work that they are doing and their focus on young people, like I said, because that is our focus as well. Has he given you any new marching orders? Did he ask you, for example, to renew the permit with Riot Fest, even though that was controversial and there were plenty of neighbors who didn't want it? You know, again, we continue to work very closely with uh, the new administration. Um, um, importantly for the administration uh, is, which is also for us to ensure that we have a strong community engagement uh, aspect to everything we do. As you know, this past year at the Park District, we have required that large events have a community engagement plan and ensures that community has been uh, um been engaged. This is a priority for the mayor, and this is something that we, um, that I have had discussions with his team and know that this is of, of importance to him. It's of importance to us, and we are working, looking forward to working together on that. A lot of people, including friends of the park, have long argued that Chicago needs a permanent festival site like Milwaukee's Lakefront Festival site to house these giant festivals and take the strain off the neighborhood parks. What do you think of that idea? If you agree with it, where would it be? You know, I think that that's, that's a unique concept. I think it certainly uh, works for Milwaukee. I think for us, uh, it's something that certainly we should look at. Um, but what I will tell you that is really exciting about summers in Chicago is that every neighborhood has the ability to enjoy events in their neighborhoods and that it is not it, it, for many families who cannot travel outside of their neighborhood, it is important for us as a park district to have uh, the opportunity and give these um, communities opportunity to enjoy events, large and small. Uh, I know that, you know, the large events are the ones that are really the ones that people talk about, but we have hundreds 
uh, hundreds, literally hundreds of smaller events that happen in neighborhoods such as movies out in the park, uh, night at, uh, theater in the park. We have small concerts. And that is the beauty of Chicago. And right, but wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great to have that permanent site so that you wouldn't need to have these giant events in neighborhoods like Riot Fest? Again, I think it's certainly a concept that we can look at. Um, uh, it certainly works great in Milwaukee. Uh, it certainly has been brought up. Uh, but again, I, I believe that many communities want uh, many uh, of these smaller events in their communities. Sure, it's it's something to look at. Why not? But I, I again, we have to make sure that anything that that is designed for Chicago has to be uh, what the people want and and not you know, not something that again is 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 uh, designed uh, with a few uh, voices at the table. Before the answer of Mike Kelly, I'm told that Lollapalooza had been negotiating with the parks for a $10 million capital improvement, specifically for underground drainage. Why was that taken off the table? Again, I can't speak to any conversations that may have initiated under my predecessor. Um, and what I can tell you is that we are working closely with um, the event organizers to ensure that the issues uh, or any capital needs um, that are um, at Grand Park or the capital needs across any of our parks are part of a broader capital plan. Uh, certainly, um, uh, we work with these event organizers uh, uh, to ensure that the um, premises are kept in the order that they were uh, given to uh, these event organizers um, for use. But the, the capital plan is something that we take very seriously and there are discussions just more broadly about the needs of different parks, including Grant Park. And so- Right, but you gave, you gave away the extension for another decade was basically not much new here. Why not? Uh, uh, no, again, I, I, again, I don't, uh, I don't want to say that there wasn't anything new. If anything, I think that we uh, established a, an agreement that um, continues to ensure that the park district receives um, a very healthy uh, revenue that comes right back uh, to the park district. Um, and uh, Lollapalooza is our largest revenue generator in terms of events. And so we, um, we have preserved that. And we want to make sure that as they do better, the park does better. So if they generate more revenue, we generate more revenue. And that was important for us. And so, um, Again, when we recoup revenue from these large events, it goes right back into the park district um, coffers. We have a separate capital plan. Um, and so we rely on that revenue, uh, not just for programming, but for also um, some capital needs. Lori Life also offered to spend $2.2 billion to put a dome over a renovated and somewhat enlarged soldier field in the political version of a Hail Mary pass to prevent the Bears from moving to Arlington Heights. When negotiations with Arlington Heights hit a snag, competition reopened, Mayor Johnson held a get-to-know-you meeting with uh, Bears President Kevin Warren. What Chicago side is Mayor Johnson pitching to the Bears and what will become of Soldier Field? 
You know, I cannot speak to any conversations that the mayor has had. What I will tell you is that Soldier Field is a very robust, um, strong revenue generating um, facility for the city of Chicago. Uh, and yes, I think uh, the Bears are our primary tenant right now. We also have um, the Chicago Fire as a secondary tenant. But importantly is that we also have a very robust bus concert series that happens at Soldier Field. So when we talk about what will happen to Soldier Field, Soldier Field is going to be uh, continue to be a very strong facility. And I also want to just remind uh, you that uh, the Bears are here. Uh, we have a contract with them for several years. So they're not gone yet. And so I want to make sure that uh, our our residents know that Soldier Field is strong and that outside of concerts, outside of bears and outside of Chicago Fire, we also have other major sporting events that happen at uh, Soldier Field. So I think there's a lot of uh, exciting things ahead uh, for us and we look forward to continuing to work with the bears uh, as they are continue to be our primary tenant. Cornell Drive through Jackson Park is now closed for good as work continues on the Obama Presidential Center. What about the long-stalled golf course merger championed by Tiger Woods in the same area that was championed by your predecessor, Mike Kelly? Is that dead? Should it be dead? Can we afford it? You know, again, I think um, we want to make sure that any um, future golf course that happens at uh, Jackson Park can be uh, supported um, by um, uh, funders because it is it does come at a, a large price tag and so we want to make sure that uh, if there is a desire to continue those conversations we are absolutely ready to have those conversations um there was uh, we were having those conversations last year um we look forward to making sure that if there is a desire to do the golf course yet, we continue those conversations with uh, so is it it's not dead Again, I, you know, I look to uh, the uh, funding arm uh, that was created uh, at the time to um, to continue the conversations if this is um, something that is going to move forward. So we stand at the ready uh, when they are ready to continue those conversations. Uh, but again, uh, as you stated, it's uh, it, it, because it is a large price tag. We do. Uh, need the funding, uh, the funders to um, to come to the table and and provide their plan for the future of of the um, of the vision that they had, uh, you know, anticipated. And they haven't yet, right? No, not this, not recently, but we have had conversations late last year, um, and on trying to you know working with them to see uh, the direction that they wanted to go. Uh, again, the ball, uh, the golf ball, I guess, would be on their course at this point. On their course, on their tee. There okay, Rosa Escareño, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck for the rest of the summer. And we thank will you. see you all next week.